Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. For the number of years that uh, we've been doing this podcast, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that we've never covered today's topic, and it's certainly not in any detail. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and although we may have mentioned it in, in passing a time or two, we've, I don't think we've ever really taken the time to discuss the research and development, or R&D tax credit. Uh, we're going to correct that oversight today, and we'll do so with the assistance of, of two very qualified guests. Uh, one you're familiar with, he's Ted McGinn, the managing partner of Lavelle Law, who's, who's joined me many times on the podcast. And the other is here for the first time, so I'm pleased to welcome uh, CPA Christopher Blaylock of the accounting firm Whipley. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Thanks, both of you, for being here today. Thanks, Jim, for having Thank me. You for Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank yeah, you looking well. forward to Appreciate the discussion. Time. Yeah, so, you know, the thing about the topic for today, you know, perhaps one of the reasons I, I think that we've never really discussed it is up until about maybe a year and a half ago, the, the R&D credit, you know, while available since 1981, was, was never really a permanent part of the tax code, and, and Congress finally took care of that. So, Chris, can you just give us a quick introduction of what the R&D tax credit really is now today? Yeah, I mean, the, the R&D tax credit, like you said, has been around since 1981, and, and it's really was created then uh, and through all the legislative changes that we've had over the years, um, it's it's really an incentive uh, that not just the federal government, but many state governments as well, have tried to put in place to incentivize private industry and, and public industry to, to really go out and strategically advance um, their economies by doing different developments, either through new products, uh, development or even process uh, development um, within their own operations. Um, so, you know, it's a valuable economic incentive um, to alleviate some of the burden uh, that they may have when, when they're undertaking some of these uh, potentially risky incentive uh, initiatives uh, within their organization. Uh, so, so they're not lost at the end. Um, really, the government wants to foster innovation uh, and technical technological advancement within these U.S. companies. Um, and so that's really what the credit was set out to be and, and really geared towards for, for companies. And it, it seems to me, in, in my experience, that, you know, just a lot of eligible companies have sort of missed out on this. They've not taken advantage of the credit. And, you know, I, I guess at a high level, maybe some of that comes from the name. You know, it implies when you hear R&D that this has got to be, you know, high-tech, uh, inventions, things of that sort. But it's really a, a pretty broad scope of coverage, isn't it? It, it certainly is. And, 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 you know, a lot of people get lost in, uh, if I'm not wearing a white lab coat sitting in a lab all day, uh, you know, <laughs> doing state-of-the-art technology advancement, you know, that credit doesn't apply to me. But in, 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 to your point, the credit is very broad in scope. Um, and as long as we're relying on principles centered around biological, computer science, things like that, along with engineering, you've got an opportunity to take advantage of a credit that, that could be quite lucrative for your company. Yeah, like Chris says, I mean, engineering, that term in and of itself says a lot. It's a very broad term, and it could encompass a, a number of different you know, technologies or initiatives for any company. 
And and when you look at it, um, we'll talk about some of the industries here in a little bit, but um, you mentioned, you know, just that innovation and, and the incentive to do that. And, and really, it's sort of a, a high level. As long as there is uh, some, some process of, you know, test with the risk of failure and a few other metrics are met, it, met you know, this does cover a, a pretty broad range of different operational situations. Certainly, certainly uh, when you're evaluating uh, either new or improved products, uh, and, and then you take that to the manufacturing setting and you look at your operations from a process perspective, you know, oftentimes we lose sight of, uh, of the initiative that they have to either eliminate scrap, increase throughput. Um, you know, they, they're evalu- companies are evaluating those types of things all the time. And that process that they go through lends itself to the credit, and ultimately those dollars spent either through labor dollars, um, subcontractors that come in and may assist with some of that development effort, and even the supplies that are consumed as part or used as part of that research. You know, all those costs are add up, and certainly we take deductions for those costs, but we also can utilize those deductions and take a cre- and, and ultimately calculate a the, the R and D tax credit for it as well. So. Uh, like we said, it's quite lucrative. The opportunity is there uh, to eliminate uh, some tax liability and really increase the cash inflow of your, uh, into your company so you can utilize it for different development opportunities or other options you have available to you. And let me jump in real quick. I mean, the beauty of what let me real quick let me add. Yeah. You know what Chris said is that a lot of companies are really already doing these things. I mean, they're not you know again mm-hmm. going back to the whole phraseology of research and development. It sounds like a big deal, but most companies are always out there trying to improve their processes, reduce costs, come up with newer and better ways to operate their business, and so they may not even realize it. But they're just doing this already, and now all of a sudden, uh, they're they're able to take this tax credit and something they weren't taking before, and it's and it could lead to a significant amount of cash flow savings for that company. And that's why I want to go, Ted, because you said they're doing it already. But is one of the critical components here just good documentation to be able to support uh, the process? Yeah, well, I mean, when you start getting into taking positions on a tax return. Uh, you know, you start thinking about audit. Okay, is there going to be, uh, am I doing something that's going to subject my company to audit and increase risk of audit? It's always a concern from clients, and I understand that. I get that. Uh, I always, you know, advise clients that you should always operate under the assumption that it's going to be looked at and and be prepared to substantiate your position. Will it increase your risk of audit? I mean, well, I mean, to take a step back, the number of audits for uh, are you know are generally down over the last ten years. So not a lot of returns are being selected for audit. So your risk is 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 fairly low to begin with. Does the R and D credit increase that risk? You know, perhaps it does uh, a little bit. I don't think it increases it to the magnitude that perhaps maybe a home office deduction would. Uh, but I do think you may be looking at you know just a very slight uptick and in, in, in risk of audit. Chris, you may have an opinion on that as well. Yeah, certainly, um, you know, the R&D credit, while it's been around for many, many years, there was a point in time eight to ten years ago where it was a Tier 1 audit issue, which meant, listen, if you took the R&D credit, you could almost guarantee that you were going to get an audit letter and the, and the IRS was going to come in and look at it. That 
since went away. And in all our experience and dealings with the IRS and taking the R&D credit for our clients, we have not seen a devoted effort by either the federal government and the IRS or even the state bodies and the Department of Revenue where they have targeted and said, listen, if anybody's taking the R&D credit, we're going to go after it. Now, with that said, if you do get audited and you have taken the R&D credit, it's no different than any other number on your tax return, and they're going to look at it. And and oftentimes, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as long as you've done your due diligence as part of the project and and, and calculating the credit, uh, you'll have the substantiation in place to to support that number, and, and you shouldn't have any concerns. Yeah, I mean, if you're purchasing new equipment, new software, new supplies, you know, clearly the documentation related to those purchases should be set aside and, 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 and kept, obviously. But in addition, as Chris mentioned earlier, a big part of this credit could be the labor that's involved with this research and development or subcontractors. And, 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 and many times what could complicate this thing a little bit is that you may have labor, you have employees who may be – you know, working for a part of the time in their normal day-to-day duties and then part of the time working in research and development. So then you get into a question of, you know, how do we allocate the time and the labor and the wages for, you know, the respective tasks of those employees in question. So that could get a little bit more complicated. I mean, maybe, I don't know if Chris has any ideas or suggestions. I mean, certainly this when you get in this area, you know, discussions with your CPA would be critical so you're prepared to deal with any sort of audit. Correct. And and most of the time, uh, you know, the companies that we're dealing with, those small to medium sized companies, they have they don't have uh the procedures in place to track every hour of the day that someone is doing something. The IRS would love that, uh, because they can tick and tie at the end of the day. But the reality is and, and court law and, and tax law supports this through the courts that says, Listen, as long as we're being reasonable and assessing the roles and responsibilities of individuals within the company, and we evaluate that to the activities that we deem qualified to the definition of R&D tax, the R&D for tax purposes, that estimation that that individual suggests their qualified percent is, is completely fine. And we do many of our studies uh, when we help our clients through the interview approach where we evaluate those roles and responsibilities. And we, at the end of the day, we say, okay, what do you believe the time percent of time that you're doing activities that lend itself to the four part test and the R and D tax credit. And that is completely fine. And and we've had a lot of success, not just in in terms of calculating the credit, but supporting that in audit as well. We're, uh, we're taking a good look at the R and D tax credit on Chicago's legal latte today. And uh, we've got the valued input of Ted McGinn, managing partner at Lavelle law and, Special guest, uh, Chris Blaylock of the accounting firm, Whipfly. We're, we're only going to scratch the surface. You can follow up by visiting Whipfly, and that's WIPFLI.com or LavelleLaw.com. Get in touch with Ted or Chris, respectively. Um, two quick things for you here, Chris. You, you mentioned dealing with small and mid-sized companies, so I want to confirm that this isn't just something for the big guys. And then we've talked about yeah. engineering manufacturing. Can you kind of cover the – the, the range of different industries that you've dealt with that can take advantage or have taken advantage of the uh, credit? Absolutely. And, and you know, the large companies, uh, by nature of the staff and resource that they have available, they're they're definitely taking advantage of the R&D tax credit to the, to the full extent they can. But the reality is the R&D tax credit wasn't just set up for them. It was also set up for 
small to medium-sized clients and or companies, excuse me. And, and the reality is, you know, one out of 20 small to medium-sized companies eligible for this credit actually take advantage of it. So if you just think about that and the number of companies that are out there, there is a lot of opportunity uh, for, for companies in the small to medium-sized uh, uh, area to take advantage of this. Ultimately, any company, regardless of size, who is engaged in new or improved development of products or processes, when they go through this effort and determine the, the ultimate, ultimately determine the qualified dollars, they're going to have an R&D credit. No company is the same. No credit for the individual companies is the same. It really comes down to what are you doing within your four walls uh, in terms of development around product and process. Uh, so the opportunity is extremely right for, for these companies. And I encourage them certainly to take advantage of it. And don't be scared away by threat of audit, uh, risk of audit, those types of things. If you do your work and you do diligence, uh, and you'll, you'll reap the rewards of this credit. Now, in terms of, of industries, Certainly manufacturing, um, the manufacturing industry uh, is really what it's geared towards. Um, but we've had a lot of success uh, when you think outside the box uh, and you look at uh, contractors, design, build uh, contractors, architects. A lot of what they do from schematic designs to design development lends itself to the four-part test that you have to meet for an activity to qualify. Uh, so we've we've had a lot of success in the construction industry. Other areas, the technology industry, um, when you're when you're dealing with software development, um, that we've had a lot of success with. And certainly, you get into the pharmaceutical area and the life sciences. Those industries, typically, what they're geared towards uh, are activities that that ultimately will qualify for the R and D tax credit. Um, and really benefits them uh, day in or year in and year out um, with it being now a permanent credit, uh, that, that annuity that you can expect as long as the activities follow year after year. Well, um, as I said, we're not going to get to everything today, and uh, I think that's a great start, very interesting and informative conversation. My thanks to Chris Blaylock of the Whipley Accounting Firm. Uh, visit again wipfli.com um, get some more information you can find out uh, how to get in touch with Chris there and Ted McGinn of Lavelle Law uh, always have information and access to our entire collection of past podcasts at lavellelaw.com we thank them for being here and of course thank all of you for listening great day okay.